It's September the 18th, 2019. This is 508, a show about Worcester. I am Mike Benedetti. This is Brendan Mellican. What's up, brother? How are you doing, Brendan? Fantastic. Brendan, here at the top of the show, let's round up the headlines with Worcester in 60 seconds. There were lots of crime stories this week, including an attempted kidnapping and a child porn bust. After a hand count of the results of the municipal preliminary election, Ralph Tissioni and Evan Corrigan remain tied for 12th in the city council race. Rather than have a runoff to break this tie, both men will be on the ballot in November. Running for mayor will be incumbent Joe Petty, also Calorio Coleman, and Sarkodia. There's lots of action on climate change in the city this week with various events connected to the global climate strike. The city council has endorsed the declaration of a climate emergency. The state's Catholic bishops issued a statement on cl- the climate crisis saying, among other things, action is needed at all levels of government to encourage replacement of fossil fuels with renewable sources of energy while ensuring that the most vulnerable in society are protected from harm during this transition. And the Worcester City Council definitely wants to ban plastic shopping bags at retailers, though not at other places. The retailers could give you a reusable, recyclable paper or ASTM D6400 compostable bag. How are we doing on time? That was exactly 60 seconds. You know, Brendan, we've been doing this show a long time, and a lot of people would say, "What you know, what what good has that done you?" And the answer is, I can I guess 60 se- I can guesstimate 60 seconds a lot better than I could 12 years ago. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well done, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, there's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. And we could be talking about environmental stuff this week. We could be talking about uh, election, the mm. election analysis this week. We could be talking about the bus this week. What's what's uh, What's got your heart? I would I would genuinely look, because I'm kind of excited about it, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of up in the air as to like, okay, what, what is the expectation? Um, the uh, action on climate change uh, with the city council is something thrilled about bags oh. bags being gone i know this is probably driving can, you up the wall but i'm i, I I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled that we banned bags the climate change part of thing though like i i can tell you what the expectation is yeah this is based on the actual thing that they endorsed which if this is like most things the city council votes on nobody on the city council read <laughs> but <laughs> i'm not which i am Nor not being sarcastic on it <laughs> i am not being sarcastic viewer at home listener at home uh, I know for a fact that the city council, many city councilors do not read many of the things that they vote on. Sure. Be it further resolved, the city of Worcester commits to educating our residents about the climate emergency and working to catalyze a just transition and climate emergency mobilization effort at the local, state, and national levels to provide maximum protection for our residents as well as all the people and species of the world. And... Be it further resolved that the city of Worcester calls on the state of Massachusetts, the United States of America, and peoples worldwide to initiate a just transition and climate emergency mobilization effort to reverse global warming by restoring near pre-industrial global average temperatures and greenhouse gas concentrations that immediately halts the development of all new fossil fuel. So this is what they're asking for, that we immediately halt the development of all new fossil fuel infrastructure. Mm Mm-hmm. Rapidly phase out all fossil fuels and technologies which rely upon them. End greenhouse gas emissions as quickly as possible. Initiate an effort to safely draw down carbon from the atmosphere. Transition to regenerative agriculture. End the sixth mass extinction. And creates and guarantees high-quality, good-paying jobs with comprehensive benefits for those who will be impacted by this transition. I have a lot of mixed feelings about benefits, honestly. I feel like this is maybe some sort of World War II era thing where... You know, we jobs started offering benefits as a way to avoid yeah. paying taxes or, or, or 
having to comply with wartime restrictions. And now suddenly we just have this whole, I don't know. I just feel like it's a mess, but that's just weird nerd stuff. Like uh, overall, I like the idea of doing climate action. It's, I feel like the really, like the really concrete thing that they're committing to is that they're saying that we need to stop all new fossil fuel infrastructure. Right. So, and I guess this is where I'm confused with some of this, right? Cause I don't just to be clear, don't disagree with any of it. Like this is like out of the park while we're in, you know, well presented. Um, the way that's written and, and, and if the council now supports this officially, yeah. So no new fossil fuel infrastructure. Does that mean that like the city of Worcester should not be able, if, if, there, if a home is being built tomorrow, that home can't have natural gas. Uh, I feel like, like it's you an- can't run a natural gas line, the 20 feet from the street to the house. And I'm okay with this, right? Maybe. I'm like, I think it's definitely infrastructure. No, that's def- like the definition of infrastructure. Definitely no new gas stations. I think no new gas stations okay. in the yeah. city. So no new gas stations. We, we shouldn't um, even actually, yeah, more important, Every couple of years, everyone knows that like gas stations are heavily, heavily regulated. Like yeah. they, you always have to pull up the tanks every couple of years, uh, have new tanks installed in the ground so you don't have any seepage or leakage into the ground. Yes. That's infrastructure. That's new, right? So like every time that's done, like we should, we should within 10 years see no gas stations in the city of Worcester. I'll say this. Uh, you remember a few years ago that people were working on stopping the Dakota Access Pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that there were people in Worcester, including people close to my heart who got arrested outside sure. of one of the banks on main street that was doing some lending funding, this access pipeline. I would say that now that they have endorsed this, the next time somebody does that kind of climate action, trying to shut down a pipeline, the city council should definitely be going on record every single time is saying, we support this. We support our citizens doing this. And every single time uh, there's anything that the city can be doing pipeline related. They should just be like no pipeline anywhere near the city of Worcester, no pipeline in Worcester County, no pipeline nowhere. Yeah. But I, I, again, and I'm not trying to like be a jerk probably a little bit, but like, again, fully support everything that's written here, but I like language matters. And like the well, language is yeah. when you're talking infrastructure, like, I think a lawyer reading this, like it shouldn't be hard to find a lawyer who in city hall who would say, okay, we just made it a, uh, a violation of city ordinance to replace a light bulb on a street light because that light bulb is, is, is right. Cause currently not powered by solar. Probably it is. And it was too, though. We're like one of the greenest cities in America, Brendan, as you might find out if you read yeah, the, and I know we, I know we get all report. sorts of rewards that <laughs> may come with signs that we can put on the exits of 290. Yeah. But again, I'm not being like, I'm, I'm genuinely curious, like even on the activist side, yeah. like how, how thought out was this in terms of like, do we just let things kind of start decaying in Worcester? Because we don't have a plan B for any other form of inf- energy infrastructure. Well, I'll tell you, excuse me. Um, definitely, definitely parts of this are like customized to Worcester, which I appreciate. Um, I mean, I assume that this is sort of based on a general template. Like, I think that your nitpicking is helpful. How about roads? Because I feel, I feel like, like our roads are made literally made with oil products. Can we build roads? Like th- that doesn't mean that better definition. Infrastructure made of fossil fuels is different <laughs> than fossil fuel infrastructure for the fossil fuel industry. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I like, I, I think that there's this right, like there's this real challenge here, which is that if you ask the city council, hey, sign a climate anti climate change thing, and they say great, and the anti climate thing set change, change thing says the Worcester City Council uh, officially likes whales and butterflies, yeah. like that's not actually a good use of anybody's time and sure. because you're not committing the city to anything. So reading through this and trying to figure out is the city committing, I mean like the city saying that it's 
in favor of this is much better than the city saying, no, there's no climate change. You know, every city vehicle should roll coal from here mm-hmm. to the end of time, whatever. The alternative could be absolutely better than that. But I do think it's, yeah, it's useful to read through this and try to figure out, is the city committing to anything new? I mean, the city has a lot of green benchmarks and a lot of green plans. Sure. And we're definitely moving ahead on these green benchmarks. And we're probably not moving ahead as fast as we should have. Things like the plastic bag ban. I mean, that's something separate, a topic. That's something the city should have done a decade ago, yeah. 15 years ago. I mean, now it's kind of the thing, so it's much less risky for the city to do it. So maybe prudence-wise, mm-hmm. it's better to do it now. But anyway, I but, think it's useful to read through this and be like, okay, like, are there a couple of bullet points of things the city actually committed to that are new? Right. Or did the city just re- – is it, if it's just the city reiterating its commitment to these things, that's fine. And it's, we I guess, make the, a big deal about reiterating it, but that's nice. In 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 terms of the nitpicking, it, it's similar to I think uh, the way people should, but probably don't view certifications like organic, right? Like it, it probably whatever you think that certification means, probably not what it means at all, right? Like those, yeah. those certifications are uh, they're they're collections of of buzz terms uh, for marketing purposes. They're not really helpful in terms of making food decisions. It's I I, I worry that. Uh, Again, like if, if tomorrow, if last night the city council voted like, you know what, like legit, like we're not investing in anything that involves petrodollars at all. Like we're, we're not going to spend a cent in, the, in, in a hard line, right? Like I would right. actually be cool with reinventing civilization from uh, starting in Worcester. I'm okay with that. But yeah. I'm not sure that that's really what the city council was intending. And I'm not even sure that's what like the activist community was in, intending. And it, I think another uh, way to approach that would be um, protecting people uh, who will be uh, uh, impacted uh, the, the largest by uh, climate change in a climate emergency, right? Because yes. like one of the things that goes in line with that is uh, if you look at the world's militaries, right? Like what they're discussing in terms of climate change, and there's probably no, oddly, other than like like hardcore environmental activists, there's probably no collective groups more interested in climate change than the world's militaries, right? Because almost yes. all of them universally are the only form of government that's saying like, like flag like We the actually field. have to deal with this. This is a big problem. And primarily because it's like what? Like all, like 90% of like the world's population is like lives in like coastal areas and whatnot. Right. So the expectation is massive movements of people over the next, com- the coming decades as, you know, people can't learn to breathe underwater that quickly. Um, like Worcester being a city that, uh, for all the right reasons, has been so friendly to uh, the immigrant communities and refugee communities uh, that spring up from time to time around the world. And thankfully, we, can, we, we allow them to consider Worcester home and we do a great job of embracing them. That metric changes really, really fast if, say, like an entire country goes underwater, right? Like mm-hmm. Madagascar, like sinks, like that's like that's a lot of people that could be coming here. And the people who are likely to be most impacted by that are people who are already here uh, who would, I think, in the language of this ordinance, would be considered the folks that we want to be protecting in the first place. Like, There's some really yes. interesting social dynamics at play that, while I'm thrilled the city council just signed up for, to your earlier point, I'm not sure they read any of this. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't I mean, in some ways I don't blame them. I mean, there's a lot of stuff for them to read. If I was on the city council, would I read it all? Do you think they read all their Christmas cards? I don't know. That's why I'm not on the city council. They definitely don't read all their Christmas cards. Um, I mean, we could talk about this bag ban thing. We could talk about uh, election stuff. What do you do? You I care about this bag ban? I I think it's great that we did this. I mean, this is hasn't been hasn't Councilor Luke's been talking about this for like a decade now. I think everybody's been talking about this for so long since the day I was born. Yeah, um, no, but I mean, it's just yeah. I think it's I think it's fantastic. Yeah. 
Well, I tell you why. I tell you, like, my only, you know, like, can I nitpick this? I Like, can I nitpick this great thing mm-hmm. and find some way to bitch and moan about it? Sure, I can do that. Um, uh, like, so first of all, this only impacts retail establishments. Mm-hmm. Some of the soup kitchens that I work at, volunteer at, were like, does this mean we can't give people plastic bags anymore? The answer is no. It doesn't mean anything. It has nothing to do with you, laundry bags, newspaper bags, produce bags, frozen food bags, all kinds of bags. The other thing is that, so the, the retailer can give you a bag, which is a reusable bag. Okay. Mm-hmm. They can give you a recyclable bag, mm-hmm. which is way, way, way less good environmentally than a reusable bag. Yep. Uh, because, you know, uh, they can give you a paper bag, which, what the hell sign emoji? <laughs> like, I think we all know that from many different environmental, for many environmental impacts, a paper bag is worse than a plastic mm-hmm. bag. Not clear that a paper bag is any better than a plastic bag. Many people will point out, well, the plastic bag will be here a thousand years ago and the paper bag will not. And the answer, my response to that is, in the city of Worcester, that's not true. In the city of Worcester, they're both going to be burned in a fire within a couple <laughs> of days of you throwing them in the trash. So that plastic bag definitely won't be here. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be ashes. Uh, or that, or you can give your customers an ASTM D6400 pl- compostable bag. This, which I, I Google online. I mean, these are, so these are industrially compostable bags, like yeah. an industrial facility that does composting that brings its stuff to a very high temperature for long periods of time can decom- can compost this bag within a number of weeks. Right. I Google online, like, can you do this in your home compost pile? And the answer, I think the answer is no. Yeah. Like it's definitely possible that if the stars align correctly, you're a bag or part of a bag in your compost pile could compost, mm-hmm. but you can't just throw these in your compost pile or leave these in the gutter and expect that they're going to compost. Right. Like, so like, it seems crazy to me that they're, that the, that the council even has it on there. I feel like they should just cross that one off and be like, listen, compostable plastic bags are just as much of a, they're not as much of a nightmare as plastic bags, but they're up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a hundred years from now, maybe even 10 years from now, one will be here and one won't be. Right. But, Three or four years from now, probably they'll both be here. Yeah, and I guess, do you do a lot of gardening? Uh, I look at a lot of gardens. You look at a lot of gardens. So like, so I've always got, found it really neat that like the, we made a switch in a lot of areas to like compostable uh, little planter cups for yes. like seed starting uh, and whatnot. Are you talking about like, like plastic compostable or like peat? Peat, like the sort of like the peat ones. Yeah, but- oh, the peat ones. My, my parents always used those as long as a kid. Yeah. My, my favorite thing about like turning over a garden every year is like finding a year's worth of those from like two years oh, earlier yeah. still in the ground. Like the things that we think just disappear to your point, don't actually just disappear. And, uh, I mentioned like organic certifications earlier and whatnot probably don't mean what a lot of people think that they mean, uh, cause the word carries a lot of weight, but the definition of a certification is something completely different. The way we think of and, and define compostable like in a industrial uh, way. So it has a certification is not what people think of when they're taking their kitchen scraps and throwing it into a pile in the backyard. Uh, compostable, like we use uh, all compostable um, products in, in, in our store, but 
you don't, you're not going to throw those in with like your, your garden scraps in the backyard right, and, just gonna go away. and just plant them next year. <laughs> like you're not going to be planting spoons and straws. It's not how it works. Yeah. This, it's, it's, it's compostable on an industrial level, which just means that instead of taking tens of thousands of years to break down, it might take a decade. It might take a year, whatever, depending on the product, but it's still going to be there. Uh, if you were just to throw it out the window of your car, we can't go back to, um, you know, the, uh, the, the styrofoam uh, McDonald's days where everyone's just throwing crap, Big Mac containers yes. out the window and whatnot. And yes. it's, yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, I, like, I, I feel like on the, like this is in some, in some, in some aspects, in some important aspects, this is greenwashing. I mean, greenwashing is nice because people are sort of publicly saying we care about the environment and therefore we're going to do all these things that don't help the environment. But that first part of publicly saying they care about the environment is great. I think the second thing after somebody starts greenwashing is to hold their feet to the fire and say, hey, like, can we, like, next spring, go in front of the city council and say compostable bags, not good, not helpful. Yeah. Let's not do them. Take that one out of the ordinance. Right. And just to every, you know, if, if every season, if every spring you come by and, like, tweak each of these ordinances, tweak the carbon emergency ordinance. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's part of moving in the right direction. I mean, and again, like the carbon ordinance or the, the the climate emergency ordinance in some ways is just restating all the many climate action plans we already have and have been working on for 10 or 20 years. So I wouldn't sweat rewriting that so much, but this bag ban, I would love to have somebody rewrite this bag ban. I'm not going to sweat it because I, you know, I can't put my energy in this area. Well, and yeah, it's it's also over time you'll you'll have more data that can be collected that can uh, show what we should actually be working on too. Yeah. Like it's only going to be a year or so now where we'll have good regional data from certain parts of the United States as to like what banning straw drinking straw like plastic yeah. drinking straws in the restaurant industry. Oh yeah, what kind of impact does that actually have? If it turns out all anyone did was go out and start buying massive amounts of straws to carry around with them and the way people carry tissues. Now they just carry big packs of straws so they can bring their own wherever they go. Maybe it didn't have the impact we were thinking uh, it was going to have. And that might not be the thing to get heavy handed on. Do you think, so I, you know, part of me wonders like why it is that the council didn't do this say 15 years ago or 10 years ago when it was kind of a thing. And I wonder if, so part of it obviously is like the communities around us are doing this bag ban. So anybody who wanted to say, well, you're hurting Worcester businesses because everybody's just going to go to Shrewsbury or Holden to do all their shopping. A, you can say, well, no, they also are going to run up against a bag ban. So mm-hmm. we might as well, now we can't have a bag ban without worrying about that. And that B, is part of this that we're just living, we've just slowly moved into at least a slightly post-retail society where people are like, well, I get all my stuff from Amazon. So mm-hmm. I really don't care how people who buy stuff in a store get it uh, because like, I don't buy stuff in a store that much. And that people, you know, the idea of like, oh, we're going to lose all these retail jobs or whatever. It's like, listen, we're already in the middle of a retail holocaust. We're already like sh- going to end up probably shutting down our, one of our malls, all this other nonsense. Like a bag ban on top of this is not noticeable at all. Maybe, but I, I think it's, if anything, it probably it more highlights a weakness in our form of government where uh, the reason it wasn't acted upon when it was first brought up was because people were afraid of being laughed at. Like, okay. and that's it. I mean, it's, you know, one of our bigger uh, supermarket chains, Price Chopper, uh, did this themselves. I think it was the start of September. It might have been I August. Think may, are you thinking of that? Them big Y. Big I'm y. sorry. Big, big y. y. And I would be thrilled. I'd be really, really interested to see what internal data led them to make that change, right? Was it just because they saw the writing on the wall and like, okay, this is going to be easier to do this now as opposed to a uh, rush to do it down the line if we mm-hmm. have one community that does something brash? Um, 
but or or did it get to the point where like 10 years ago maybe people having uh their own collection of reusable bags was kind of not the norm but over the course of 10 years every one of us like probably now has a closet in oh, our house yes. that is just full of reusable bags oh like, yes the reusable bag in, and there might be more reusable bags kicking around worcester than there are disposable like throw like, one sure, use, single sure. use plastic bags so now it's at the point where like the retailers that are here are they really going to feel the pinch and to your point so many communities have already done this. I don't think there's any fear to get laughed at, but yeah, I feel like this. I feel if anything, we'd call this like the Polito factor. And when this, when someone, if someone tried to move on this ten years ago, you would just have like uh, angry AM radio guys, like m- just making fun of, uh, you know, the the soft flower children of of, of Worcester getting what rid a of bunch plastic. of hippies who don't want to poison poison the earth. I just, I mean, what, Every, what's wrong with poison? Hating plastic poison, is like the, the the most um, hating plastic is the least American thing ever. I don't know, whatever. It's like a, a plastic for patriotism. There would have been a movement. It, people would have gotten anxious for no obvious reason instead of just recognizing that. Listen, Brendan, pancreatic cancer is our duty as Americans and but, as capitalists. But I think it does come to a real thing that we talk about a lot on the show is that Worcester tends to be about 10 years behind the, the curve on almost anything, right? Like when it comes to technology, when it comes to uh, social movements or what, we're a little bit, rarely are we first out of the gate. Sure. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, because it, 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 it gives us an opportunity to see what has and has not worked elsewhere as we go to make changes. Um, I think sometimes it's frustrating to a lot of us that see a problem and know that there's a fix that exists yeah. and you have to wait for that fix to come through. But uh, really, I mean, the nice thing is those fixes frequently come through and then you have a really good model or from someplace else. Some, yeah. And you can say, oh, what's the best practices around bag bands? Great, let's I do think that. Ultimately, that's what we saw here was, you know, a combination of just people being a little, uh, you know, uh, conservative in terms of the willingness to move. And alongside that, um, yeah, uh, you know, we're just slow to, to get anything done. Start at the Street was a cool event this year, Brendan. Did it was a great you event down? this year. You, you, it was you, also a beautiful day. Did you, you didn't go down there? No, I did. It was, it was, as it was a beautiful event. I had a good time. I had a good time. I'm not sure what to say about it. Uh, I, you know, that's the thing. My, my routine now for starting, you know, your routine is handing out, is dressing like a 1920s newsboy and yes. uh, handing out papers. Yes, um, my, I just like walking through that crowd and uh, kind of being reminded how few people uh, in the Worcester area I actually know. It's nice to see friends and whatnot, but like, I really love looking at the faces of all the people I don't know and just being so happy to see people I don't know around me. And there was tons it of them nice. this year. It is nice. You know, I'll have to say to the listeners of this program, it was nice to have... Uh, a handful of acquaintances and a handful of total strangers come up to me and say, hey, thanks for doing those school committee interviews. Yeah. Let me tell you, when we were doing those interviews, I was not really happy with the way those interviews turned out. But a lot of people, I think, or based on what people coming up to me on the street and talking to me, people were like, yeah, like this was kind of the only resource I had for the kind of information I wanted to know. Like, I think in some sense, people just want to be like, I just would like to sit in the room, in the same room for five minutes with every one of these people and ask them like one question and just see how they think, how they behave, where their head is at. And that kind of gives that to them. Yeah. Where otherwise you're not going to get that from most of these guys. My one uh, criticism of Start on the Street. Yeah. Lots of dogs in strollers. I in, Lots of dogs uh, in strollers. I didn't see a single there one. There's so many dogs. I saw more dogs in strollers than kids in strollers. Yeah. And usually when I go out, like in my head, the one thing that I'm s- that's 
screaming inside my brain is your kid is way too old to be in that stroller. Like if your kid's feet are dragging on the ground, <laughs> like they're trapped under Brendan, the, some of those people are adults in wheelchairs. No, no, <laughs> come on. That's no, I'm, <laughs> that's awful. What a terrible <laughs> joke to me. I was making a decent that's joke. A joke. Terrible joke. On, um, no, I mean like I get really frustrated with kids that like your toddler should be walking a little exercise. It's a good, good way to start to start things off here. life. But this year it was all dogs and strollers. And I've, I mean, I've seen that in other places, but like dozens. And the thing that was bugging me was, I mean, I'm always very quick when somebody's coming with a stroller. I, you know, as a parent, like I know that's frustrating that you're in a big crowd. It's tough to navigate and whatnot. And oftentimes you feel like you're the person who's like making things miserable for everybody else because you have to navigate the stroller. So I'm very, very quick to like get out of the way. When I see somebody with their arms are like this, they're pushing something. I'm already looking for a, a path to the side. Yes. But when that person gets to me, and there's a small dog inside of that stroller. <laughs> like I don't feel bad for like you. Not only did you just like waste my time. Now you made me angry at the fact that you, you have been navigating my way out of your path, so you'd have an easier day. So your pocket dog didn't have to walk. What dog doesn't? Your dog want to, doesn't want to be there. Your dog. Well, maybe the dog. I don't know. But the dog your should dog probably be walking. Be this is. Well, you know, it, the, the funny thing is I did dress like a 1920s snooze boy, so I didn't wear my glasses because it wouldn't be period appropriate uh, for a street urchin. Uh, what? There were, there were no not-for-profits handing out glasses I for, mean, for I mean, urchins? when you're being a newsie, you're sort of being a cleaner version of a street kid. Yeah. And those street kids did not have prescription glasses. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they barely had shoes. So... Uh, I saw a lot of strollers. I didn't see a single dog in a stroller, but I also couldn't see that clearly. So now I'm just sort of thinking like, man, there must have been dozens of babies that came by that I was like, that's an ugly looking baby. <laughs> yeah, you were just, that yeah. actually was a dog. You were working on smiles so hard. Oh, Four smiles. Goodness. That's so funny. Um, we're, we're, we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, Brent crude oil is $64 a barrel, up 6% of the week and down 18% on the year. Bitcoin is $10,100 unchanged on the week and up 61% on the year. Um, I mean, we could talk about a little bit of election analysis. We could talk about a little bit of transit analysis. We could talk about Mayor McCheese for a couple minutes. You know what I would love to, uh, and, and I, I don't have much, and I, I, don't, I, don't feel like that, I don't feel like enough people turned out to vote to actually have a conversation about an election. I think, if anything, we should still be having a conversation about which one of your friends on Facebook are lying about voting. Because it, it, mathematically, a significant number this. of them are, are, are lying. That's... Um, yeah. You know what I think we should uh, be discussing, though, is we need to have a segment on this show. Maybe we can lump it in with any future candidate interviews. Yes. Uh, alcohol or death metal band. I was walking uh, down Pleasant Street to get down here, and I crossed a guy who was wearing a black T-shirt. It was definitely a death metal band. We know that because there was, like, cartoon skulls. Yes. And writing that I could not read because it was like, it looked like somebody had written it with a marker behind their back on a wall. It was like, but all I could make out was what looked like White Claw. Like it looked like the band name was White Claw, but it couldn't be because White Claw is the really fancy uh, hard <laughs> seltzer uh, that people who probably uh, tick off that box is like no explicit lyrics in their iTunes playlist drink. And I was thinking like, wow, that would be a great, like maybe we could bring Snow, Snow Ghost Bruce Russell in here yes. and we'll have a list of beers and alcohols and death metal, like obscure death metal bands that he probably wouldn't know the name of and we'll have him guess which is an alcohol, which is a death metal I band. Would love, I would love to do that. White I would love Claw. to do that. Great band name, Mike. I started doing some election analysis and I came up with one, I was trying to figure out like what's actually worth graphing or charting from this election. And I came up with one graph that's definitely worth charting, which is a graph which says 
Not that many people voted in this election. See, more people used to vote the last couple of elections, <laughs> this preliminary election, lower. So yeah. that so that thing I can look at. I, I did a bunch of I ran a bunch of numbers as far as like how people did how people did like the last time they ran versus this preliminary election. And the preliminary election is weird. Um and you know the last time they ran is weird, so it's hard to try to figure out to make any of these numbers match up. Mm-hmm. Like comparing the 26, 2017 general versus the twenty nineteen preliminary, uh, blank was pretty close. Blank mm-hmm. blank ballots were pretty similar to from this time pre- prelim to the last general. Uh, Mayor Petty fell very little. Wait, can, actually, you, can you just? Uh, yeah, I think it's important that our our audience understands how many people uh, blanked out. Cause I like, mean, so, so in 2019, 17,000 people. Uh, well, no, no. I, I, um, let me say this. This isn't blank. This isn't total. This isn't completely blank ballots. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is a weird measure that I came up with where there's, um, you know, you have you six, six choices, vo- you have six right? yeah. votes that, per no, no, ballot. So this is a six. So I just basically was like the equivalent of seventeen thousand blank ballots. Right. If you add all the votes together. But, and what did what did Mayor Petty get? Uh, he got less than that. Yeah. So he got he five thousand. So he got five thousand. That's in this pre. That's in this prelim. I know, but that's there's there's something there that like it's. I think it's important for people to understand that when, um, when somebody says something as as brash and hostile as or as nobody is more popular than Mayor Petty. Like they actually mean like <laughs> nobody got three times the votes I mean, that's of Mayor a weird, Petty. I have to say, I, I see. I this is why doing this analysis has been confusing. I'm not sure that that's an accurate thing to say. I'll say this: of, of the people, uh, Mayor Mayor Petty got 57 percent of the people to vote for him in okay. this election. That's where that blank thing is kind of a oh, kind so of confusing. We do have that number then. So 37 percent had at least one blank. No, 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 no. Again, the, we had the equivalent of a third of the ballots were completely blank. Um, which one? Which one of these numbers would represent, though? I don't have blank ballots. I mean, Ooh. we have blank ballots on this other sheet. This is a great. This is kind of like when we're describing how to get to places I don't know in Worcester. Mm. I, mean, I mean, in this election, we had seventeen ballots that were completely blank. Seventeen people who just went in the uh, b- the booth and said, "Screw it," yeah, and put the through the paper in the thing and walked out without marking anybody on there. Anyway, we should get. A, we should not talk about blanks right now because again, it's statistically confusing. The mayor, the mayor, and Jack Foley. Uh, turned into performances percentage-wise that were pretty close to the last time they were running for election. A little bit lower, but, um, you know, Foley in part, you would expect the school committee people to be a little bit lower and the council people actually both to be a little bit lower because there's kind of like a broader uh, slate of candidates running and because none of the incumbents are pushing that hard for some dumb preliminary election. They're not really pushing their people that hard. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to wait till later in the year to campaign. Uh, the people who did way worse than their last turnout uh, would include uh, Calorio, Biancaria, and O'Connell. Um, and, you know, again, it's like a little weird to compare, uh, you know, an election that you're in with seven people running for six seats and an election with nine people running for six seats mm-hmm. with 13 people running for six seats. But, um, yeah, especially when we're looking at the same guy, like like people who, like, you know, people like Biancaria and O'Connell who ran in the same election as Jack Foley. Foley got 7% less mm-hmm. in the prelim than the last final, percentage-wise, which is fine. And these other guys each got almost 20% less. Mm-hmm. So definitely, like, Biancaria uh, and O'Connell are considerably less popular among the uh, 
group of weirdos who vote in a prelim election than Foley. Sure. Than, than Foley. And, uh, you know, we can look at versus 2015 too. I have to go back to 2015 in part because when you're trying to compare, like I have all these people who've like ran for some office in 2015, didn't run in 2017. So like, how do you, again, like some of these comparisons are weird, which is why I haven't made a chart of it. But um, again, like uh, Jack Foley and Mayor Petty, have both uh, did pretty well in the 2019 prelim versus the 2015 general. Mm -hmm. Both of them are actually got more percentage wise. Uh, uh, Tracy Novick did pretty well Mm -hmm. uh, of all the challengers or all the pseudo incumbents, people who did sort of terrible. Um, Tony economy, we can't really compare because it's a district versus a general. Uh, Calorio. It's again, it's weird to compare a a school committee versus a a council council race, but she did not do well. Uh, O'Connell and Biancaria, again, uh, you know, both of them did poorly in 2019 versus 2017, and both of them did poorly in 2019 versus 2015, too. Hmm. So both of them have sort of, um, yeah, yeah, you know, both of them have done, both of them, both of them have lost a little bit of their, their, their juice over the last five, six years. Yeah. End of story, long story, confusing story, numbers. Everybody, thanks for watching the 508 show. This is Brendan Milliken. I'm Mike Benedetti. We will be back from our closet or from a non-closet space in Worcester very soon. Remember, Worcester, you can bench more than you think you can. Have a good one.